welcome to Bevington Banter, the show where we can sound like we're arguing even when we all agree. I'm Cassidy, and together with my brother Cade and dad Randy, each week we discuss a selection of news stories, topics surrounding the culture, and matters of freedom and faith. Thanks for listening. Follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Share it, and if you like what you hear, rate it five stars on Apple and Spotify. And if you've been a listener for some time and you remember our Christmas Santa Claus letter episode, you'll remember that our family is big fans of the Red and Red 2 movies, especially Dad, and unfortunately, officially now there can... There can no longer be any more red movies because Bruce Willis announced with some health issues, including aphasia, that he won't be acting anymore. So no more red movies. Aphasia is the Mickey Mouse movie where he's a wizard, right? I believe that's Fantasia. And actually, I always get Fantasia and Anastasia confused. Well, you shouldn't when you're on Disney Plus anymore because Anastasia got pulled off because it's set in Russia. Oh my goodness. They pulled the movie Anastasia off because it's Russian. Well, I was wondering if we we're going to be getting rid of Disney Plus again with all this nonsense, but Maybe if this Daily Wire Kids pans out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping It's going to take a while though I know, for that. I know. I'm hoping yeah. that th- they have been doing this thing where they buy up Hollywood movies, like some of the movies that they released already. Some of them were original by them. Some of them were movies that were rejected by Hollywood. Um, maybe they'll buy up the rights to some shows that already exist that fall within, you know, the values that they want on their platform. So they might be able to just buy something. I heard who they, I don't remember what show, but they said they got the writers of some other kid show. And I just really was hoping he would say, we got the writers of Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> <laughs> From Disney. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're not only are we trying to directly compete with Disney, we're stealing their employees. Their best ones, right there. They'd have well, to they be do, the best ones. They do have a writer that um, was a part of Veggie Tales. Yes, that is true. Which one? Ethan, Ethan Nicole. Oh, because they did hire him. Yeah. Because so I was like, as long as it's not Phil Vischer. What's uh? Oh, I'm drawing. Oh, they should get Doug to Naples. Well, I don't know if that'd be kids' shows. <laughs> it was when he was on VeggieTales. <laughs> he, he was. It was when he, he did yeah, VeggieTales. He can. I was yeah, going to say, he was Ethan Nicole's yeah. boss at VeggieTales. He knows yeah. when to turn it on and off. I really miss audio mullet. At the very least, if they came up with a if they came up with a storyline, he could animate it. And I would have a hard time seeing that if he was just animating it within the confines of whatever script they had that he could mess it up too bad or make it too vulgar hey if bruce willis is just aphasia and which is trouble speaking then with the way they have you know cgi and technology these days don't you think they could just put him in there and some impersonator could dub his voice uh no i think we've even talked about an episode i would not watch that yeah so we've talked about an episode before where i said stop putting dead people into movies with cgi also please don't put people with medical issues that made them retire into movies with cgi i this actually brings up something i was going to put in the show notes but i didn't and that is um i heard jeremy boring um you know talking about the the launch of Jeremy's razors 
and about how the Daily Wire, their mission has been uh, not to simply react to the left craziness, but to actually produce something. He said, because, you know, the, I think he said something to the effect of the normal routine has been we hear or see what they're doing that's crazy uh, and anti-American. And we, we react. We, you know, we have a fit. We complain about it. Then we boycott. And then it just goes away. And then it, everything goes back to normal. And he said, you know, we want to actually produce something. We're actually making, uh, you know, in their case, movies, content, the Jeremy's Razors. And it got me thinking. Where are there areas in our country where uh, conservatives could actually um, produce something to compete with what's going on on the left? And I, I have to be honest with you, I haven't come up with any great ideas, but I kind of like thinking about it. Between between them, Daily Wire so far, trying to, um, you know, get into Hollywood-esque type things and they, they launched a sports show and now they're launching the kids thing. Between them and also um, all the different things, Dan Bongino himself is not actually starting them from the ground up, but he's investing heavily in a lot of those things and then promoting them like, um, well, like Rumble and like Parlor originally. Economy. Yeah, yeah, Parallel Economy. And also he even launched um, that Align Payment. Pay, yeah. which is like a credit card processing company to take on because... You know, PayPal and Square and everything have been shutting down their, you know, their payment that they'll do through stores that are merchandise for conservatives. So, I mean, the, between the, the two of them, of PayPal, they're doing a lot. The founder of PayPal isn't with PayPal anymore, right? No, the founder no, of PayPal is Elon Musk. Well, he is a co-founder uh, along with this. Peter uh, Thiel. What, Peter Thiel was one, but also Dave, is okay. it David Stark? Because oh. Peter Thiel wouldn't be kicking people off. For I just heard David. Products, well, but. none of those people are at the yeah, head. Yeah, none of, it of them anymore. would be. Yeah. Um, right. Dave, I just heard. I think it's. I think it's David Stark. I think that's the name. I just heard him interviewed by um, Megyn Kelly, and it was very good. Uh, he's definitely not she's on board. A, she is a great interviewer. She is a very good interviewer. I don't. She's certainly not as conservative as a lot of people like. To no, think that but she she's is, a good but interviewer. She's a good interviewer. Yeah. I I have to say. Um, some of these parallel things that they're trying to do, especially on social media, can we just, we need to be able to admit when it's not working and all of these other, uh, like Facebook social and, media. and, and, uh, Twitter, uh, Truth you know, social even, yeah, they're not working. Oh. And, yeah. and I don't know well, if I know ex- because they're just basically recreations. So it's going to be really hard to get anybody off of it to go on to this, basically the same thing as Twitter, but yeah, uh, you know, free speech. Where like you're only gonna get a very select group of people. Whereas if social. you offer something, if you offer something new, then you can pull everyone. Right, because um, this Dave, somebody look up that name, see if I'm right about this. David Stark. Um, okay. Um, commented on that when he was being interviewed by Megyn Kelly, is that, and I think he called it something like net equity. Um, and it has to do with the exponential uh, growth when you add one person that it creates all these, you know, um, um, exponentially more connections between people. And so you have to it, it almost like reach a critical mass. And these other platforms, like you're right, they can't reach that. And people aren't joining them in numbers. Um, it's just... An echo chamber. They are echo chambers because they don't reach that level of where you get this explosion of, I think he called it net equity. And it has to do with the number of connections that you can make between, you know, how many people are. I mean, if you have, 
I don't know, Cassidy, you might be able to, if you have six people, how many potentially different connections can you make out of six people? Um, it's that type of um, exponential growth that you get on these big social media platforms that these new alternatives just aren't reaching. I, okay, so if it was a, pay, a founder of PayPal, is it, was it Ken, How, Ken Howry? No. Lugnosic Max, yeah. I'll find it. I'm not seeing the name that you're saying at all. You you do the math and I'll find it. Oh, well, I'm pretty sure it's just six factorial. Okay, do you know what, it, but you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Have you heard of this? I mean, this this theory on social media, why why it's so explosive and why it's so, it's what makes it, oh, it's right. what makes it so valuable. What makes it so yeah. valuable is the number of connections that you could make because the number of users. I just know that Truth Social is really bad. <laughs> it's it's not good. And and I noticed it with Parlor too before it was absolutely nuked by Amazon Web Services and it never came back quite like it was before. Um they always had a problem with being an echo chamber. I mean it wasn't even it wasn't even interesting to be honest. And and I would use it in conjunction with um with stuff like Twitter, I mean, I know that I don't want to be completely, I mean, you don't want conservative voices shut off, but that might as well be what's happening on these other free speech platforms just because you're not going to get somebody from the left to come over. So it's basically the same thing, even though it's by choice for some, you know, left-leaning voices, it's, you're still getting the same thing just on the other side. Yeah, it's David Sachs. Yeah, I was going to say, I was just about to say that. Not that it's that important at this point, but David Sachs. <laughs> yeah, I guess my only point in bringing this up about this net equity is um, that that's the thing that the, um, why, these so, why these alternative social networks are not working. And so they have to come up with some way to be able to generate that. And by simply producing a copy of an already existing uh, platform that already has reached this net equity. Um, yeah, you're just, it's not going to happen. You're going to have to do something different. And I, I don't know what that is because I'm not one, I'm not into that. And, uh, you know, it's not my forte. Well, how about, how about back when you wanted to make, um, you had a social media idea, but Facebook. But Facebook. <laughs> this, I don't even remember when this was, but one time you joked about it should be but Facebook and your profile picture would just be you mooning everyone. <laughs> I'm assuming you're talking to Cade, right? No. No, I, no this you. Was my that idea. sounds like a very you thing. That <laughs> yes. doesn't sound like me. Well, I mean, it does, but I didn't say it. I have no recall of that. It was a long time ago, but it was it just stuck with me because it was so off the wall. <laughs> I, I'm sure you could get a niche with that at least. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's exactly the... <laughs> the niche um, I want? The, yes, yeah. <laughs> the next OnlyFans. Oh, no. <laughs> well, the big news this week has been, I mean, as I've been trying to track uh, and follow different... Um, issues in the news, the current events for, you know, for us to discuss this week. I'm just overwhelmed with there's nothing out there but the reaction to the Florida um, parental rights bill. 
That's oh, that and Will Smith. Th- There's no other stories. There are, yeah. I'm so sick of the slapping thing. Like, why are we even talking about these people? Yeah, I, I could care less. <laughs> they could put him in I a know. cage death match and just let him go at it. Um, <laughs> I don't care. Uh, they are the worst. They are they are really dumb, uh, useless people, and I don't care. I don't know about Chris Rock. I don't know about Chris Rock being all that dumb. You yeah, don't, I would you agree, don't see actually. a lot of Chris Rock's political opinions. He doesn't voice yeah. them. But I will say the group of people, other famous people that he tends to hang out with are like Kevin James and Rob Snyder and David Spade and Adam Sandler. If anything, I would tend to think that Chris Rock might actually lean to the right because you never see his opinions on anything. He keeps them to himself and the group of people he hangs out with, they all tend to lean right. So I don't know about Chris Rock. Well, when I say that, I'm just talking about Hollywood in general and all that they do and all that they promote and what they, you know, try to stand for and try to shove down our throats. So I don't have a lot of interest in what's going on. Yeah, nobody would even know about the Oscars had that not happened. True. No, it was just the more I look at it, it was just a um, it was just a. It happened for real, I mean. It was real. Yes. It wasn't a publicity yes. stunt. Correct. Yeah. But I could see where it was a publicity stunt to promote the upcoming movie, Ollie 2, and Will Smith was actually just <laughs> demonstrating how an 80-year-old Parkinson's would punch because it didn't move Chris Rock in him. the slightest. My thing was, like, if you're going to hit him, at least slug him. Well, I thought that Matt Walsh had, I mean, I've heard a lot, he had a lot of number of different reasons of why demonstrating this was not staged, but his point about how there is no way that the narcissist of Hollywood, like a Will Smith, is going to go up there and take away from his winning an Oscar, you know, 10 minutes later, because that event completely overshadowed his, um, you know, his winning of an Oscar. You're not going to do that. This is your biggest professional achievement, and you're going to flush it down the toilet and yes, and overshadow it by doing something like that, letting some producer or something talk uh, talk you into it. And and the the other side of that, on the Chris Rock side of it, and Cassidy, um, uh, forgive me for using this term, but um, sometimes I think you just need to be blunt to make the point. Whenever people think of Chris Rock uh, from here on out, they're just going to think he's a bitch. Because he stood there and took it. So we're gonna have to put an explicit label. I mean, you know, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying, right? Use the beep. Use that the is, beep. Yeah. That is the term yes. that would be used of him in the street. To take that and not react to it. And that's what people are going to think of him the rest of his life. He's not going to do that as a staged event. And if it was staged, at some point they would have admitted it. Because otherwise, that's what you're going to be thought of. Yeah, it it didn't make either of them look good, and I mean that's just one of the I, reasons. I to will know give it wasn't fake. I will give Chris Rock for credit for coming up with the line you just saw, the greatest, you know, the greatest night in the, the history of television. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. I have to give him credit <laughs> on that one. And then you can tell right after he said, "Ooh, I could." And then he said, no, no, no. Like, he... Yeah, he's like, I got to give this to could have verbally unloaded on him and just destroyed them. Those two are just comedy gold material. Their relationship could have gone 
so it would, could have been so much worse. That was the most mild joke that you could possibly tell. In fact, they probably said, hey, in your monologue, you need to get these two involved. And he's like, oh, my goodness, what joke can I tell that isn't going to absolutely make me look like a horrible person? And that's probably what he came up with on the mild side. Well, I will even say this. I I, I saw a, a shot of um, Jada here recently and it was and she's short and so it was a higher shot you can see the whole top of her head if she has alopecia i i don't see it because i know what it is because i have family members that have it uh both some totally and some patch you know in patches um i i didn't see it i see i saw a shaved head that was that was had like a blondish yeah because you can see like little stubble you can can see the blonde blonde stubble yeah and all the people that i know which i think is i like two or three Three people. It's complete. It's complete. Well, the people right. that I know. Well, my complete. nephew had it in patches, but so it's very obvious. Because, yeah. She had and nothing. It was solid, solid stubble. I had a friend in high school that has it everywhere. No and eyebrows. His entire body. No hair. No he nothing. Has no hair. We called him uh, a giant fetus, and he <laughs> went along with it. He thought it was <laughs> and hilarious. He was huge. He so, was huge. Yeah. So we called him the giant fetus, and. It was cool. We were friends, so I don't know why a a GI Jane joke. Well, is it's the, a little bit different the, when you're a man. I guess. Well, I mean, I have to say, if I mean, I, I think that they those are two very strange people with big issues. But I I don't. She's a very attractive woman, even with her head shaved. Correct. Got a good head shape. Yeah. Unlike. Yeah, I wish my head was someone that else. <laughs> And the other thing that you had started this with, and then I diverted it, sorry, was the Florida bill, Dad, you said. Yeah, it's just been everywhere. That's all that's been. And and, um, I'm actually a little bit surprised, you know, the whole complete falsehood and how many, you know, of of calling it the don't say gay bill, which it it doesn't say. But not only that, once it passed, I think it was signed on Monday. I thought maybe it would back off a little bit. It hasn't. They've I they've know. ramped. That's what I'm finding a little bit odd about. It. They've ramped it up even more. Uh, and um, are they? And I don't know. We don't know the answer to this. Are they knowingly lying when they use this the whole day? Don't say gay. Or do they really not know I that it know. doesn't say there's anything no about way. that at this point? There's that's a, what I said. At this point, there's no way. When I heard like even more like new comments about people saying. Like Raven Simone, re- her recent statement or right. something that it, about it saying "Don't say gay." And I'm like, do you really still not know that that's not what it says? No, there's a, probably a select few that know. I mean, if there's one thing that the Democrats know how to do very well, it's messaging. And some of them pick this up and they're like, "Hey, you know what? Te- you know what did really good in like a focus group testing that." made people favorable to our side if we call it the don't say gay bill and someone's like oh well it doesn't even say that and they're like yeah we know but it doesn't matter because most people aren't going to read it they're just going to say don't say gay how dare you so i would say a select few people know they know exactly what they're doing they know how to best fight against it by creating this don't say gay campaign and then all the other people just mimic it with all the news coverage that's out there, though, how insulated of a life do you have to have to not know that it doesn't say anything about not saying gay? 
You have to really live in a bubble with all of the media coverage that has taken place on this topic to not know that. Well, if they only say they only watch, they only turn on one channel or whatever or one source and they just don't go out of their way. They're just not into looking up other stories. I saw um, some clips of this Ron Perlman who looks like he has a cement block for a head. Um ranting and raving he about sounds this. like he has a cement, cement block, block for for head. yeah ranting and raving about this and i really thought it's one thing to not to not know maybe that it's not actually called the don't say gay bill but what he was ranting and raving about i just thought i don't even know how any human on the planet could think what you're thinking this thing says it was so bizarre looks like a Minecraft yeah, character. Because he said, he said, um, how can those be the first two words of a, of a sentence right. spoken by a leader of a state in the United States? Well, it wasn't. Right. How can you not know that? <laughs> go, go find it, Ron. Hey, Ron, go find it. I mean, apparently you are an albino gorilla uh, that you look like, and you can't go look something up on, in, online, apparently, because go, for God's sake, go look it up. You must have seen the picture of him next to the gorilla from the movie Rampage with the rock in it. They put yeah. him right next to that white gorilla, and th- they do look the same. It took about two minutes worth of makeup. You'd have to take you know take about two minutes worth of makeup to get him ready to play the role of that albino gorilla. He wouldn't <laughs> be in the chair very long. <laughs> yeah, he's never been he's never been my favorite. He's the actor that played Hellboy. Which I will say was probably a lot of makeup because he was red. Well, he's red. And had horns. <laughs> How long does it take to put red, red paste yeah, on your face? these two big horn things on his head and it was all, that hey, was a lot of makeup. Hey, Mike from Counting Cars wears those all the time. I'm sure he's not spending hours in the chair. I don't watch Counting Cars. It's like counting sheep, but for mechanics. <laughs> you know who the count is, don't you? Yeah, I know who it okay. is. Right. I just I don't watch it. It's it's the count. Yeah. I I fast like through one. one. Two. <laughs> I fast Three. forward through most of it until I get to the car to just watch the car part, but all the rest of it's nonsense. Do we want to transition into Disney from this whole because of their reaction? I mean, I've just been flooded with video clips this week of people of you know Disney employees. My, uh, yeah, we we alluded to it a bit ago about my not I said so earlier, secret gay agenda. She said, my not so secret gay agenda. What are they supposed to do at the parks? So they're not supposed to use gendered they language can't at say the parks. Like boys and girls and princesses boys and, and girls. princes. So when a little girl goes up to one of the princesses and says something about it and says she's a princess, what is the actor, the character supposed to do? Probably agree just as they would if a little boy came up to them and said that they were a princess. Yeah, I heard somebody saying, um, it's like, you know, you've just, you know, I'm so glad you're doing this because no little girl has ever had her day ruined by by being called princess at Disneyland. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I might have taken a, a slight... Aversion to it. Yeah, it probably would have been a thrilling a to you, girl. but you wouldn't. But you. But I would never would have been dressed in my princess right. dress. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the one that might be in maybe like Mulan with the sword. The, the only one that I was surprised by in listening to all the different uh, Disney employees, uh, you know, spout their um, 
I don't even know what agenda to call it. Uh, it it's got it goes so many different directions. Um, the only one that really struck me was the 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 woman who was like an executive, some really high high up, um, leading a Zoom call meeting, um, and said that she had two children. You know, as a mother of two yes. children, and one of them was transgender, and one of them was pansexual. That bothered me more than any of the insanity I heard, and here's why: because it was, I just freaked out. So, so what you're telling me is you are an absolutely horrible failure of a mother. You're she, you're oh for you're oh for two. Okay, it was it's very hot. President of Disney's general entertainment content. Ha, the the odds of you being some weird you know, sexual orientation, even by today's standards, is still incredibly small. The odds of you having a child, if you have a family of even three, four kids, the odds of having one that identifies as transgender or something along those lines is very, very small. How do you produce two, how do you produce two children, transgender and pansexual? Yeah, they influence it. And I would say because of that, there's actually probably a higher chance that someone with two young children would have both questioning things that they shouldn't be questioning so it's it's probably i'm i'm more i mean i'm not that surprised that it's both of them just like there was a story out of austin that teacher who has a class of like 30 something uh nine-year-olds i think it's third grade that she's teaching and um 62 percent of her class has come out now she has been teaching them for eight months 62% 62% of them have come out as some are, type of LGBTQ. Are you talking about the, the teach? The yeah, because fourth, they're nine the, and they have no idea what they... There's a fourth they... grade teacher in Austin who yes. just said that it's 20 of her 32 students have yes. told her that they are, you know, somewhere LGBTQ. Yeah, that's insane. 20 out of 32. This means, as I heard somebody, what I heard somebody describe it as, this means, and like this, this Disney woman, is that you are putting these identities on these kids you're you're promoting them and giving them to them and putting them on in like a jacket here here's your new jacket try it on and and just putting it on them that this does not happen naturally you know and 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 then there was the the kind the the young male kindergarten teacher who was all upset because he can't tell his children his kindergarten uh, students about his weekend paddleboarding with his gay partner and it's like what what just shut up and teach why i don't understand this I, th- I don't know where this expectation comes that they think this is a necessary part of being a teacher it just I, I just don't understand it i mean i mean i do but i don't i don't what i don't understand is why somebody why their bosses don't stand up and say you know just teach you know they they act like it's a natural part, but he's, as he described it, he is instigating his kids to ask questions. He puts up pictures of himself and his gay partner outside of his classroom. He he uh, lead, gives them leading questions so that they will ask him about his weekend. No kindergartner comes in on Monday morning and says to their teacher spontaneously, what did you do this weekend, Mr. You know, whatever? No no. Children are completely self-obsessed in their own little world. They do not think like that. They do not talk like that. They don't care about it. Unless you lead them, it's not going to happen. I don't know what your experience was. Maybe it was a little bit different because you went to a Christian school in grade school and you 
saw your teachers when we would go to church, you know, events sometimes. But for me, if I ever ran into one of my teachers and happened to see them out in public, it was like shocking to me. I didn't know they existed outside of the classroom. I didn't know anything about them. Well, I think less. It's less about having seen somebody, but having a a parent that's a teacher also makes it less. Like less we're mystified. more aware of their outside lives. Yeah, she's less. They're less mystical creatures because your mom was a teacher. Yeah, I'll say the biggest thing that led to a trusting. A trusting relationship, at least just as far as a teacher-student relationship with me and my elementary school teachers, was that mom and dad knew them. Almost all of them, you know, they'd go to meetings, they'd get to know them. I mean, I guess that's the benefit of going to small Christian schools. And mom and dad trusted them. And I could tell, and that meant that I did too. Well, you Except for the, in fourth grade. Right. I said, you, and you knew the ones, we, the ones the that ones we didn't, didn't trust, we dealt yeah. with. Yes. So, but like second grade, I knew there was a problem. I could tell because I could tell from you guys. Third grade, I knew that I could completely trust her because you did. Fourth that was grade, by far your best four, behaved year. Oh yeah, of fourth grade, school. back to bad, and I could tell. And fifth grade, back to good. I had the privilege of falling after you and mom and dad lobbying for me to not have those teachers if they were even still there or we went to those schools. You had all of. My good teachers, and you had the opposite of all of my bad teachers. Yeah. Because they knew where to not put you. That's not true. Not in fifth grade. Because you had to have the more structure. Okay, Wilson was not a bad teacher. She wasn't a bad teacher, but she was less structured. We knew you could survive. Yeah, she was not structured at all. (laughs) I needed the scary teacher. We knew that you could have the teacher that gave more freedom because you were far more dedicated than me. We knew that you, you'd be two weeks ahead of the teacher, even with the less structured teacher. <laughs> Cassie's work could be done two weeks ahead of the teacher. I needed the teacher that would tell her students to scare the grade under under theirs. That's true. She did. She, she did. wanted us to tell them how strict and how scary it was so that when they got into her class, they would come in frightened. Well... Well, that's kind of, it, was kind of like a, it was kind of like a drill sergeant right. mentality. Say, I don't of, know. But of, some students yeah. needed it. She would, she would bring us, she would scare us into being docile. And then over time, it, she was a really it, good teacher. It's not about, it is, and you're right, so it's not just simply about the scaring, though. I don't know if she had any yeah. kind of military background. What it is is it's like a, like a drill instructor or a good coach. They all understand. You, when you start, when you start with this group, no, nothing they do is right. Everybody, no, no individual, no, nothing they do is right. You, that's the breaking down part. It's you can always, you have to start out hard. You can always get easier as time goes by, but you can't start out easy and then get hard. And it's not about some kids needing it. It's about putting all of the group at the same starting point. By breaking the group down, you put everybody at the same starting point. Now from there, we start to build everybody back in the group back up. And she was, yeah, she was a master. Shout out to Miss Pinzon, Mrs. Pinzon, if you ever listen to this. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't be surprised if our third grade teacher ever Listens. would yeah. listen to this. I was... actually think she follows us on Podbean. So shout out to Mrs. <laughs> Klein, who is the other good teacher that I mentioned. It is amazing with as bad as some of the couple of bad teachers you had, the good teachers you had weren't just 
okay teachers. They were really, really yeah. good teachers. So you had the extremes. And we won't name the ones that no longer. Yes, I will. Mrs. Cosma, (laughs) (laughs) I hope you're not teaching anymore because it was horrible. (laughs) Fourth grade was the worst. I had to work extra all summer long because I was so far behind from in her class. It was terrible. I don't even remember my second grade teacher. I just know that she was terrible. I don't remember her name. She like quit teaching. That one really did quit teaching. She made us switch schools. She was so bad. We switched schools that year. Yeah, we went in and told them what was going on with and and um and they were shocked to find out. But yeah, it was legit and then they found out as they dug into it, yes, it really was a problem and she just quit. And she needed to. She wasn't a teacher. Oh, it was Miss Marcy. It was Miss Marcy. That was her name. Yes. So if you're listening to you made us legitimately <laughs> switch schools. <laughs> but I do hope that you found a success in another career, just not teaching. Yeah, because yeah. you're bad at that, really bad. Or maybe she actually went to school and actually got a degree in education because those teachers at that school did not. <laughs> you don't even have to have a degree of any kind to be a substitute teacher in Nevada now. Because, <laughs> because they're, they're so desperate. desperate. You know, another area I heard where they're so desperate, I was listening uh, about three days ago, I heard this report. Airlines. You don't even have to know how to fly a plane. It's getting there. <laughs> I'm st- I'm starting to wonder. They are they are down like twenty to planes 30, fly themselves. It's to, fine. Just sit in the chair. Well, that's what I'm wondering where this is going to lead. They're down. I think you're going to start seeing them at least make an attempt. Now, whether they can pull it off, because I I just don't know if you're going to get people on a plane with nobody in the cockpit. But they, I would think they're going to make an attempt. Uh uh-uh. um, Twenty well, to thirty. Well, I would because I could land it. Twenty to be. Twenty to thirty thousand right now, and I think that they're projecting it to go to sixty thousand that they're short in in, in pilots. Um, and not only that, it's just all across the whole airline industry because. A lot more people didn't take the vaccine than they let on, and they either just left their jobs or they took early retirement. So um, I, I've just the, the report was just saying that the airline industry across the board in all phases of operations is just really not doing well. And um, I've actually t- talked mom into uh, she wants to go. You know, for us, we need to go to California this summer. And I said, look, here's the deal. Hey, let's do this um, because I don't want to fly commercial because one, I don't know. Who's in, what's going on with all this? I just, I, it makes me a little nervous, you know? Um, and I, plus I don't want to do the whole mask and all that. I said, we'll, we'll fly ourselves uh, to California and then you can get a one-way ticket home whenever you want. And when I'm ready, I'll come home or I'll get Austin and the two of us will fly back um, together. So she's going for it. Actually, with the way uh, airline prices are up, I can fly uh, if I had an airplane of four people, um, we'd only be two, but I could fly there and back for less than what it would cost commercially. Yeah, also with the cost of gas going up, I could fly to LA for cheaper than Dad's it would be about to, to say something really weird that I don't understand, and I know yeah, it's aviation what it's about fuel to say. hasn't really gone up much. Now I'm starting to I'm starting How? to see it. I don't know, but right, I would pay on average about I I. I mapped out last night all my stops and i looked at what their what their gas what their av gas is right now and it would be around 550 a gallon um on average at the at the places i would uh i would which is cheaper than unleaded gas there was one airport yeah there was one my (laughs) the nation my first the first stop um some i forget where it was somewhere in illinois anyways um their fuel was four four nineteen a gallon i just paid that's cheaper than gas is here i know then yeah car Oh, my goodness. Now, Long Beach, 
I looked at going to Long Beach, uh, yeah. and they were like seven seventeen a gallon or something. But f- still cheaper yeah. than their auto Fuller, gas. Fullerton, Fullerton. In- uh, <laughs> I looked there maybe instead of Long Beach, and Ooh. they were six something, like six sixty nine. You should or go there. Have you ever landed in Fullerton? No. You like it? Yeah. If you no, if you don't know where the runway is, you won't find. Good luck oh, that's the way. It. That's the way. Um, when I went last year, when we went before to El Monte, it's in the middle of just super yeah, developed. It's in the middle of, you yeah. can't see yep. it. It's very hard. Very to find. developed. Yes, and it's just a single runway, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Michael Knowles was supposed to speak at this Washburn College in Topeka, Kansas. Did you see this? Yeah. And uh, this was what was so weird is the the um, the dean of the university, a Dr. Jerry Farley, put out an email, and this is what he said. He said, while I am strongly in support of the First Amendment rights, I am disappointed when those rights are used to make others feel unwelcome or even unsafe in our community. While we support the right to speak freely, Washburn University does not condone the hate and misinformation spread by the speaker and his supporters. So here's the point I want to make about this. I'm concerned that supposedly intelligent, educated people are betters. Who they think that you know up and down the the uh, you know from local government to federal government and setting on setting uh, on, as judges and even probably Supreme Court justices don't understand that the First Amendment only exists to protect speech that is contrary to your belief. It, it only exists to protect con- um, um, contentious speech. There's no reason to have the First Amendment if everyone agrees. We've talked about that. We, we've talk, I think we've talked about before how I told an example about the really hateful guy who had not a very big following. And, well, no, he started to gain a following. They wouldn't let him speak. They were almost turning him into a speech but, martyr. And as soon as they gave him a platform and they listened to the legitimate hate coming out of his mouth, he lost all all his right but my, my, all his um support right you you let the free the market ideas and you let, let the them free decide. market decide but my point is this guy this dean of this college is dr farley um how can you say is your brain not engaged how can you say in the same sentence i totally support first amendment free speech but we don't want dissenting speech and that, also, he signed the contract exclusive. to have Knowles come speak on campus. Yeah, he personally signed guy. the contract. He personally signed the contract to have Knowles come speak. And we see this, and my problem with this is we see it up and down the 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 structure of our, you know, of our, I don't want to use the word leader, of our elected officials, of our legal representatives, legal, you know, uh, people, courts, judges, all these people, uh, uh, you know, big tech, media, they all talk like this. Those two positions are mutually exclusive. They can't both exist. And we, in fact, we, that's, it, it is the reason why we have the First Amendment. So you can't say, I support the First Amendment, but I have a problem with dissenting speech. It's just, it's not possible. It, it's, like, Christians, I've run into the same thing with them, so I'll put this plug in, you know, when you say, well, I can't forgive somebody because they really did hurt me. They really did wrong me. Yeah, you understand that Literally the point. grace is only necessary when you've been wronged. Jesus did not die on the cross for all of the godly things that I did. He died for all the things I did that were ungodly and wrong. 
That's that's grace. There's no grace. The grace is not needed unless you've screwed up. Some good points. So, so my, my question is how I think we'd be really frightened if we really knew how unintelligent the intelligentsia of this country really is. But yeah, oh, I think that that's never become more obvious than it did during COVID-19. I have lost trust in every in almost every higher educated position, um, people like universities, doctors, um, you know, lawyers. I have I lost any bit of faith I had in them. Don't get me wrong. Some of them are still obviously great, but I'm going to wait until I I'm not going to automatically hold them in the same esteem that I would have before just based on what position they're in. Right. The, I, I, I will never come into it assuming that they are smart because I I'll, I'll admit I did in the past, but I'm going to come in assuming nothing and just decide based <laughs> on speaking to them. Are you smart? Not smart. You know, I, and I think you have to be, and you have to really be careful about that because, for example, like a, a, a Anthony Fauci, you can think if you look at him medically, scientifically, you say this guy's a clown. He's an absolute clown. But I don't know that he is. He's he's been incredibly um, crafty as a politician, which has overridden his doctoring, his sciencing. Yeah, I agree with that. I, w- I obviously, obviously, there's some people that are deceptive and some people that are just stupid. Um, did you see re- the video that everyone's sharing right now of him talking about? It wasn't about COVID nineteen. It was before, but he talked about the most potent vaccine is getting the disease. Yeah, I did. <laughs> as in, as in natural immunity. natural immunity, natural immunity is yeah. the best. Yeah. Okay, I will say even just you know observing Cole go through nursing school, I will tell you that anyone who makes it through medical school can't be an idiot. That's for sure. No, but they might not have They have the ability to retain sense. information yeah. and and, yeah. and regurgitate it under, you know, being examined. But I will say this, I noticed this, you know, being doesn't say anything about their bedside manner. Right. Or but even the age that I or am, the doctors nowadays ability to apply. They things. they follow they follow um what do you want to call it? Um, it's like a flow chart. It's yes, like a health exactly. flow chart. Yeah. And you cannot deviate from it. When, no, they don't make decisions themselves. When I was a kid, the doctors practiced medical arts, and it was called a medical arts. We had a medical arts building in Van Wert because well, there then, is an I mean, art that's why to it, and the art is doctors are the gone. only one that that are uh, once they get their degree, then they practice. Right, they enter it. Yeah. practice. I, I disagree. I, I mean, I, nobody else gets to practice. <laughs> I disagree. I think some. I think some people. I think people can be stupid in the most critical areas and still make it through med school, because yeah, I, I think that they can learn. I think that they can learn the flow charts. I think that they can learn all the responses given, you know, a specific input, but they have no critical thinking skills of their own. They have no problem-solving abilities. They can just write down what they memorize. I would argue that if you have a gift of learning and retaining complex language, oh yeah, you you could make it through medical school school without really being sharp scientifically. Yeah, that's. I think you'd have a good chance. I can't guarantee, but I think you'd have a good shot. How long are we going to go, guys? Because we got a few more topics here. So, what do you want to do? 
I really want to talk about these sisters that went okay, to Okay, I, I was going to ask themselves. you about that. They got in the sarcopods? Well, not exactly. I don't know how they did it. Hmm. So I, not very much information is being released. So I want to hear about the sisters that went to, where did they go? To from the yes, from so these two U.S. sisters from Arizona, one is a nurse and one a doctor, decided that they wanted to end their lives. And they originally were going to do it in 2021, but it was delayed because of the pandemic. And they originally contacted this one of the largest suicide nonprofits. Just think about that for a second. Not like a suicide prevention nonprofit, a suicide nonprofit in Switzerland in October 2020 to learn how they could kill themselves. Now, the nonprofit. Exit International. That's what they're called. Ex- Exit International. Yeah. They told them, they warned them about the dangers of committing suicide in the U.S., like trying to do it on their own, that they might not succeed. The sisters were afraid they would might botch their own deaths. So they paid $11,000 to travel to Basel, Switzerland to die there. How? And they chose, they chose it says, Pe- Pegosis Swish. Swiss Association, which does not require patients to be terminally ill or suffering from a life-limiting illness. You just go and you decide. And they didn't tell anyone. They didn't even tell their brother who didn't even know. They're like, they, so they went over there and they did this. And then when they didn't show up to work, it was like reported and then they started looking into it. And the brother, the um, who was 60, they were in there like 49 and 54 were the age of the sisters. The um, whoever... I don't know. They the brother wasn't being told their cause of death and stuff like this until like he didn't learn about their deaths until way later and was not getting answers. Had no idea this was happening. So they were both single. Yeah, that's what I gather. So when are we going to invade Switzerland? So they had this plan. It sounds for like this they need conquered. And he knew nothing. He said they never even like the brother had. They never indicated like wanting to end their lives, and they'd been planning this for like over a year. I find this so bizarre. There's, I, I think the idea that you're going through this process to end your life is that there's a whole other pathology that's connected here. Because I'm sorry, and I don't mean to be blunt and graphic, but if you want to end your life, you don't need to go to Switzerland. There's no problem. If you get a 44 Magnum and put it to the side of your head and pull the trigger, you'll never Please even don't know. do this, though. No, Everybody, don't do it. But listening. it'll be over with before you don't ever even know it. you did it, and it's, and that's all there is to it. It doesn't cost eleven so the, grand either. So there's the, the fact that you want to go through this process and make it a thing tells me that there's something else going on here psychologically. Well, what are the odds that the founder and director and founder of Exit International is Dr. Philip Nietzsche? Nah. He looks freaky too. Is a picture of him in the story that I will post. But um, they should make it Exit yeah. Wound International. <laughs> Exit Wound. Um. I legitimately, not joking, if I was the president of the United States, I, re- after reading that story, would impose massive sanctions on Switzerland until they stopped killing yeah, people. Yeah, how can you not? Because it's legal there. That is not a legal thing. That's no. m- be considered murder no. huge in the U.S. Financial, for them. Huge so financial sanctions. what is the legality here? What about, Those are U.S. citizens, what about, not Swiss um, citizens. Life insurance. Yeah, they killed two they United killed States two citizens. They killed two U.S. citizens. Who were in perfectly good health. Yeah, there's a real psychosis in something like that. It just doesn't. And you're I, right. I would, you're right about other countries doing that, that we should take legal action against them in oh, some yes. way. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to. 
that's a terrifying story. Yeah. I'm still going to tell jokes about it, but that's just my way of coping, like with the sarcopods. Did you see where did you see where Matt Ga- Gates was questioning the FBI's cyber director? Yes. Yeah. And he does yeah. not know where Bo- where the Hunter Biden laptop is. I I'm just happy that finally I think they're sp- supposedly going to be putting that um he entered hard it into drive. Con- he entered, it's into entered into the record. congressional record. Yeah. I so, didn't see the video but I heard that it got pretty heated. Um I don't think it got heated because the guy he was talking to is he sounds weird well i was talking about monotone. like with jerry never, nadler and allowing um, it into the record. oh yeah because he said that he wouldn't allow it it needed a unanimous consent i guess to go in and he said what is your objection to it and he wouldn't tell him he just said it needed further investigation before it could go in and so then he asked him well what about the receipt from the mac world store that we have with hunter biden's signature or whatever on it what about that can that go in the congressional record and they wouldn't uh i don't think they put anything in but then he he took a picture and he of of his actual like letter that he sent the next day to Nadler still requesting for it to go in and a copy on a on a hard drive um i don't know if that means it went in or not though well the story i read said that the con that the contents of the um of the laptop's hard drive had been entered into the congressional record. Now, I'm sure that was just like a statement. It's not the actual contents. I would think that just means that it's available. Um, if you were, so I, I don't know exactly what that means, but that was a couple, a couple different places I read cause I was trying to look it up, you know, um, and he also asked him, well, where could we, who would we talk to like in the, you know, intelligence community to find out the potential problems with the information that, that's on this. You know, what who's compromised? What national security issues? And the guy's like, I don't know. We really need to change the name of the intelligence community. Really, and, and so what was we're seeing? You know, it's horrifying, but at the same time, the country is seeing how absolutely bogus all these people are. Um, so then Gates instituted, he, he initiated action to strip the 51 signers of the letter back in like October 2020 that claimed that the Hunter Biden laptop was classic Russian disinformation. There were 51 signers from, of, of intelligence community people on this letter. So he has initiated uh, proceedings to strip all of them of their security clearances. If... If all of them really were, all those 50 that signed that, 51, whatever, if all of them were really credentialed and had experience and they'd been in that field for a long time and they signed that, what I believe was an affidavit, that should they should have enough, claiming that they're experts in this field should be enough to then um, charge them with perjury. So, so either you're incompetent and an idiot and should lose your position and lose your security clearance because you're stupid or you did it on purpose and you should be charged with perjury. Those are the only two options. What I don't understand is um, how all these people like these James Clappers and these kind of people that are retired and they but yet they're still on, you know, CNN and MSNBC giving all this information out. How do they still have clearances? 
If you're not working there anymore, your clearance goes away. It's not how it works. Cassidy, do you still have a security clearance? Well, it's probably expired now. Oh. Because you have to renew it. But so can you get it renewed? It makes it makes it easier to get renewed. When you're in the private sector, could you have renewed it even if you didn't work there? No. I would have to have been in a role that no. would have required it. Me, so if I went to like a contractor, if I was a contractor, but I was working on projects still, then yes. Like that's why a lot of people will get hired. Like it's pretty easy to get a job with like, a con- like Boeing and yeah. Lockheed right. because it's easy because you already have clear. But what he was asking is like what you're sitting right now in your job as a pastor. No, absolutely no, no, not. No, because here's, there's one thing that governs it above all else, no matter I what level. No need to know. Exactly. Above what level, no matter what level of security clearance you have, there's only a need to know. I could have a top secret security clearance and I would not be made aware of something at the secret level if I did not have right. the need to you know You only it. need the projects that you need to know about. The information that you, you can keep, to know. you keep it compartmentalized and keep as few as people uh, knowledgeable as possible. That's how you maintain control of security. So, like I, so if I'm uh, working on a special project under the top that is classified at the top secret level, I have been read into that project, and I cannot share any information about that project with someone who has not been read in. Yeah, because the, and that's the security clearance is not just simply about um, you know this guy is kind of a doofus we don't want him to have top secret security clearance it it, by its very nature limits need to know it keeps the number of people that know information minimalized it's it's a method to do that and then on top of that you also have the whole need to know clause as a part of security well I would say that the assistant director of FBI cyber needs to know where Hunter Biden's laptop is I agree and if he doesn't, then he needs to go lose his job because you're worthless. There's one area that I want to touch on before uh, we sign off, just because I feel like I need to. Um, obviously, we're like in what we are. Are we in the sixth week of the Ukraine invasion? Uh, you know, I really thought that this would go more quickly, and and I said that it would. Uh, and that Russia would would win. It was just a no-brainer. And and they, they could still do that. It's a question of whether or not they're willing to do what it takes to, to bring about the military victory. Um, and, and so um, I think – so I will say I was wrong about how this would go. Um, I have no problem saying that. But I, it, the question is why – I'll give you my opinion now why I think I was wrong. We've been being told at least for 10 solid years uh, about how – um, Russia had upgraded their um, military. They've been making so many improvements, uh, modernizing, better training, all these things, funding. Um, you know, supposedly they're a more prosperous country. They really aren't. Uh, it doesn't appear. But so why weren't they able to do this? Um, because Russia has always historically had an issue of. Uh, command and control issues. They don't have a great budget the way we do, so they don't they don't do a lot of training. Uh, they, they don't have um, the materials that they have, the weapons systems, all those things. They 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 sit a lot. They, the the soldiers cannot train on them because they don't have the budget to constantly train. Plus the the all the soldiers. Um, you know, are, they're conscripts as opposed to where we have no conscripts. They don't want to, a lot of them don't want to be there. You have very bad morale. Um, that's not the same as somebody who joins up after like 9-11 and says, I want to go, you know, get 
the terrorist as opposed to when you're being conscripted. It makes a big difference. And on top of that, they have always had in any authoritarian government, and this is what I really want to get to, to understand what happens in an authoritarian regime. You have no command and control in the lower levels because they can't trust any of the lower level commanders, certainly the non-coms and even the junior officers. They cannot make decisions on their own. They can't act when they see an opportunity and they can't react without people way up the chain of command giving them their permission. And it That's just- why so many generals are, are dead because un, very unusual for, for wars like this and for militaries like this of countries this big, they have like, I've heard seven to ten dead generals yeah. who have been killed on the battlefield because you're right. They have to have them there to do the best that they can of controlling them, of actually commanding them, getting them to do what they're supposed to. They have to put their highest military officers on the battlefield just to keep them organi- organized. Well, you wouldn't have any cho- hope because... the. When you're like literally in a firefight, uh, you know, in a tactical situation, um, like, uh, you know, a bata- even smaller than a battalion, I mean, a company or something, the, the people that are see what's going on right there in the ground and react to it, they can't make the decision. No. And so I, there was a we- story a week ago of where um, a general was run, run over with a vehicle by his own troops. Yeah, Inten- I've heard the majority... A majority of the tanks that have been captured by Ukrainians are just sitting there. There's no damage to them. The, the the tank crew that was inside just got out and walked into the woods and just left it there. On the topic of Ukraine, um, Biden had a big week last week. <laughs> Did you hear when he, uh, you know, he talked about when you, telling the troops when you're in Ukraine, when you're, yeah. when you're there. Um, if they do a chemical, we're probably like, oh my gosh, we're going if, to. Ukraine. If they do a chemical <laughs> attack, we will respond in kind. And oh, what was the other one? What was the third one? It's Saying all that it, to remove Putin from oh, power. Oh, remove Putin from he, power. He has Call to be for a regime change. And then when he said, and Peter Ducey spelled them all out, and he goes, none of that. happened. None of that happened. None of it. <laughs> none of those three things happened. <laughs> my and favorite. And then the thing, White House tried to say it was his like personal. So the president doesn't speak as the president. Joe Biden doesn't speak for the president. Well, I was States. wondering when we were talking about Bruce opinion. Willis earlier and and having anim, what would you call it CG? Is that what's oh, going yeah, on with dub over him? Is that what's going on with Biden? Do that is that he's just wheeled out there and they? Okay, this is one of my favorite um, Babylon bees that I've seen this week. It's from yesterday. White House walks back statement that no one is walking back statements, ripping open hole in space time continuum. Yeah, I did see that. That was that was awesome. Walk back statement that no one is walking back statements. Still my favorite one, even though it wasn't like a big time policy thing that he said. My favorite thing he said is what you showed me, Dad, about how he said that his son, Bo, when he was overseas, would change his name to Hunter to like go under the radar when he clearly meant that he would change his last name. Right. So that people wouldn't recognize <laughs> no, him Biden. as a Biden. Yeah. Why would how would you go under the radar by saying I'm the Biden who w- is a crackhead and dishonorably discharged? That's the opposite of yeah. going under the radar. Let me So Joe Biden was talking and he said that when his son Bo would be overseas, he would sometimes change his name and he would go by Hunter to go under the radar. This is this is what Joe Biden said. This is quote. And so oh, I'm not well, quoting. Maybe it, but, he goes by Bo he, Hunter. 
What he meant, Bo Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> I think what he meant was he would change his last name so that yeah. he could go under the radar. But he yeah. his brain is so gone. So he went by Bo Bergdahl. <laughs> Thank you. That's, not, that's, that's, that's definitely worse. <laughs> 